Greetings, investors. This is Rudy Von Abeli, and this is Guild's weekly market commentary for the week ending April 3rd. If you like what you hear today, please be sure to hit subscribe. You can find us in all the usual social media places, and you can find us on the web at www.guildinvestment.com. Send us an email, give us a call. We would love to hear from you. The old saying is that stock markets must climb a wall of worry, and we have certainly seen that wall climbing play out over the past several years. Every day, it seems, we can open the pages of the newspaper or more likely check our online newsfeed and find headlines expressing anxiety over every downward squiggle in U.S. stock indexes' apparently relentless march up and to the right of the chart. When that march was interrupted by more than a squiggle during the decline in the last quarter of 2018, of course, it prompted deeper anxiety and soul-searching about the economic underpinnings of the rally. Such corrections always do. The job of an investor in such moments is to assess neutrally whether the fundamental thesis is still in place, and not to respond emotionally. And our job is to select from the chaos of conflicting data and news what we believe are the most important events, trends, and indicators to assist you in that neutral assessment. We believe the thesis that supports a continuing bullish view of the U.S. and of many global stock markets is still in place. There are data supporting that thesis, and there is also a larger context, a framework, and direction for current government policy that lets us understand where the data are coming from and how likely they are to remain positive. So, what are those data, and what is that bigger context as we see it? Well, last year at this time, we created a framework for assessment that we called the Recession Watcher's Guide, in which we outlined some of the key data points that we follow as we assess the risk and proximity of a recession and a bear market. If you would like to get a copy of that, please just get in touch with our office. We'll be happy to email you one. The data that we mention today all continue to flash green. First up, GDP growth. We say frequently that corporate profits are the mother's milk of stock prices. And then in turn, economic growth is the mother's milk of corporate profits. And according to the advanced Estimate released by the Bureau of Economic Analysis on April 26th, first quarter 2019 real U.S. GDP rose quarter over quarter at an annualized pace of 3.2%. Stepping back from the data, we see that the former view of a permanently lower new normal of economic growth that was promoted by some economists and pundits over the past few years, it was mistaken. And the new trend that has emerged after 2016 is markedly higher. To put that trend in further context, consider how ecstatic any European politicians would be if they could consistently notch a real GDP growth rate of 3 to 4%. They might think they were in a reboot of the twilight zone. What drove the good GDP growth in the first quarter? First and foremost, net exports trending up, exports up and imports down. Imports of goods declined at the most rapid rate since the depths of the Great Recession while exports continued to rise robustly. The second biggest contributor was gross private domestic investment, and third was personal consumption expenditures. The improvement in net exports is policy-driven. Again, while our capacity for enduring political drama continues to be stretched every day we look at the news, it is the important policies being enacted outside that circus limelight that are really significant for investors to watch. By all means, if following the daily political kerfuffle gives you joy, go ahead and do it, but it's largely irrelevant from an investment perspective, which is why we consider ourselves to be basically apolitical. 
So what are the policies that are pushing GDP data in the right direction for markets? Accelerating declines in net exports of goods and services have been a drag on U.S. economic growth for decades, and that trend is beginning to be reversed, both practically and psychologically, by the U.S. administration's tougher stance toward trade deals. Note that the most precipitous phase in the decline of net exports began in the mid to late 1990s as China's exports grew and the decline accelerated still more markedly after China's accession to the World Trade Organization under the Clinton administration. It's likely that the trade negotiations currently underway with many of the U.S.'s trading partners, including China, will result in continued improvements to net exports and their contribution to U.S. GDP growth. This improvement registered in the first quarter was not a flash in the pan. Another of the elements that boosted GDP growth in the first quarter and that is even more likely to be a new emerging trend than a one-off blip is private domestic investment. This, we believe, is emerging as a consequence of the federal tax reforms enacted last year. Those tax reforms did result in a tax break for the vast majority of individual taxpayers in the U.S. On average, individual taxpayers' federal taxes declined 25% in data released by H&R Block at the end of March. However, the real significance of the reform was the cut to the headline corporate rate to bring it more into line with the U.S.'s developed world peers and a change which allowed business investments to be written off as expenses immediately rather than spread over a period of many years. These changes mean that businesses are incentivized to invest in improving and expanding their offerings. We have noted many times in these pages that one of the most important drivers of economic growth is improvement in workers' productivity, and that is exactly what will be enabled by the fresh investment in plant and equipment encouraged by the new tax law. This is a change in incentives that we believe will yield economic dividends long into the future. We noted above the contribution of consumption expenditure growth to overall economic growth in the first quarter. On that front, we note that consumer confidence, one of the key variables we described in the Recession Watchers Guide, has bounced back after a predictable volatility-driven dip in late 2018 and early 2019 and remains on the higher trend it established in mid-2016. Consumer spending kept pace, with March purchasing notching the best gain in nearly a decade. Notably, inflation remains contained, with March core inflation coming in 1.6% above the same month in 2018, missing projections. We noted recently in these pages that around the world, central banks have stepped dovish. That is, they have either eased policy or communicated their intention to ease policy, emphasizing their sensitivity to signals of economic and market weakness. This includes the U.S. Federal Reserve, which, as we write, has held rates steady again and, according to consensus, is unlikely to raise them further this year. Thus, monetary policy continues to be accommodative, which will help to support stock prices. The situation in the U.S. remains Goldilocks. Growth is strong for reasons that are likely to be enduring. The pessimism of a low-growth new normal economy is rapidly fading. Exports, investment, wages, consumer confidence, and consumer spending are all doing well. Inflation remains low, increasing the likelihood that Fed policy will remain accommodative for some time. Recession warning signals are not flashing red. In this context, we remain bullish on U.S. stocks, especially those with growth characteristics who can increase profits 
in the longer-term trend of increased capital spending and productivity enhancements. We like to follow technology, and we want to report an interesting piece that we read this week. Staying abreast of the further reaches of current tech research helps investors in two ways. First, it helps us become aware of emergent areas of technology before they're investable. That way, we're better prepared to understand the implications when they appear either in the initial public offering of a startup or in the quarterly commentary of an established company we already follow. Second, and more enjoyably, it helps us retain a basically optimistic and meliorist attitude towards the world and human society. Meliorist is a word we like, meaning optimistic about the betterment of the world through human efforts. We've found that such a fundamentally positive attitude is a key psychological characteristic of the world's most successful investors. We recently saw an article in Nature entitled Speech Synthesis from Neural Decoding of Spoken Sentences. And if you look up that title and Nature on Google, you'll find the article if you're interested in reading it yourself. Researchers at the University of California in San Francisco used deep learning artificial intelligence to interpret neural data captured from subjects' brains. In this case, they were epilepsy patients with implanted neural monitors. Then they fed those data into a speech synthesizer and succeeded in producing comprehensible artificial speech from the subject's thoughts. Of course, this breakthrough will be tremendously significant for many patients with aphasia, the inability to speak, whether caused by stroke, other brain damage, or other physical injury. We note it also as another stride in the practical application of artificial intelligence. The correct mapping of neural firing patterns to eventual acoustic speech would be unthinkable without the use of deep learning algorithms. Artificial intelligence, while it does have limits, remains a key long-term investment theme. Of the public tech companies who are leaders in the development of deep learning and other AI technologies, many currently rely on other revenue streams while they support research and development in this area. In many cases, the bottom line benefits of that investment are years in the future, but When those benefits finally begin to materialize, we suspect many analysts and investors will be caught by surprise. This is an area we continue to monitor and to include in our long-term assessment of tech investing. Here's our market summary for the week. Markets can correct at any time, but we continue to be bullish on U.S., Chinese, and emerging market stocks. There's been a good snapback from the declines experienced during late 2018, and some analysts are calling for a breather. If such a breather does take place, we could experience a modest correction. The first signs of an internal correction are indeed already visible as the percentage of stocks above their 10 and 50-day moving averages is showing a decline from the recent peaks. Still, as we noted before, the key data, and more importantly, the economic trends and policies that underlie them, remain strong, and thus we would regard a near-term correction as a pause that refreshes it will likely be a small, technically-led correction. In the U.S., growth is solid, inflation is muted, the Fed is on hold, consumer and business confidence are strong, wages are rising, and so is business investment. All of this creates a fundamentally positive backdrop for stocks. Globally, we see similar strengthening of weak data. Treasury Secretary Mnuchin, in a recent interview, indicated that a trade deal between the U.S. and China was likely in the offing, with the two sides coming to a, quote, fundamental understanding, unquote, about enforcement, which had been a sticking point for the U.S. 
While it is still possible that there will be more turmoil before a deal is sealed, and while we believe that problems will remain that will need to be resolved in the future, Mnuchin indicated that both the U.S. and China are eager to conclude the negotiations successfully. When they do, that will be a positive for sentiment in stock markets globally, but particularly for the U.S., China, and the Asian manufacturers in China's supply chain. Psychology and optimism will improve on this news. Further trade negotiations and tensions remain to come with Europe over automobile exports, with Japan over agriculture, for example. But we believe, as we have reiterated since 2016, that although the U.S. administration is following a well-known tough negotiating script, it is willing to accept incremental improvements in its quest for a better deal than the status quo. We do not expect volatile moves in the U.S. dollar. Obviously, with the Fed firmly on hold, it is difficult to pencil out a significant spike in dollar strength. Gold will therefore probably move only modestly over the next few months. Thanks so much for listening. We welcome your calls and questions. If you like hearing this podcast, please be sure to hit subscribe. You can put your comments and questions in the box below, or you can give us a call or send us an email and find us on the web at www.guildinvestment.com and in all your usual sources of social media. Until next week, happy investing.